You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Mike Malloy. I'm here with Andy Shaw in my living room of all places. Um, And before we head into our next segment and a chance to visit just a little bit, um, we want to give you uh, a reminder that um, each morning, um, on Real Presence Radio, the Mass will be celebrated as we begin at 9 o'clock uh, Central Time, uh, 8 o'clock Mountain Time. And in addition, uh, throughout the day, we will, um, you can uh, watch this on, uh, you can, excuse me, you can watch the Mass on Facebook uh, live. And then throughout the day, you can, you can uh, see the recap of those things on uh, the uh, Real Presence Radio app. Um, so there's all kinds of opportunities and possibilities for you to stay connected in terms of what's going on here on Real Presence Radio. So, Andy, how are you this morning? I'm well, Father. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing just fine. We uh, so it was nice to be able to celebrate Mass, and and it, w- it felt a little bit more relaxed. It's uh, you know I, I know that people are really missing mm-hmm. Mass these days and missing receiving communion. I understand that completely, and and they might might say, well. You know, gee, Father, you get to go to Mass and you get to go to communion, and, and that's true, and I'm grateful for that. But it's also very interesting because there's a, um, it's so different trying to celebrate it, you know, with a headset on and, and, and by yourself. And by your, kind of by yourself yeah. or with one other person and trying to be attentive to the time. And, and you know, and, and I'm grateful, to, I'm, I'm glad to be able to do it. It's not, it's not a complaint about it, but right. it's, it's, it is a real sense of there's really something missing that the people of God not being present, you know. They're sitting in the pews or in the chairs ahead of you. makes a huge difference in and, terms of celebrating Mass. Yeah, and I, I think the craving, the craving for being together, the craving to celebrate together uh, will yeah. continue to increase. Um, but it's, it was neat yesterday on Sunday to watch the, the Masses online um, yeah. and to see the responses from people and to see the prayer requests. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe at the end of all of this, whenever this winds down, uh, the the craving people have needed of the Lord will be that much greater. Yes, and it'll be a really beautiful sight when we're together for the first time. And and that's always that's always the hope that we have that we can sort of cling to in terms of our our going through this time and this process. Um, and speaking of all of that, um, we have a, a great opportunity right now to listen to our first guest here on Real Presence Radio this morning, Stacy Tomlinson. Stacy, how are you this morning? I'm good, Father. Hi, Andy. Good morning, Stacy. Thank you for being with us today. It is wonderful to be able to interview you. Actually, it's wonderful to be able to talk to you. I haven't, I haven't talked to you forever. <laughs> I so. know. We'll, we'll talk and we'll catch up and, and we'll tell my story at the same time. <laughs> That's right. It sounds good. So tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, You know, your, where you come from and um, your background, if you would. Sure. So I'm originally from Nebraska. Um, I'm a registered nurse. Uh, I've been a nurse for 16 years this year. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. It's crazy. Um, but I did, I'm, I living, I'm living in Rapid City now. I uh, moved out here to the Black Hills in 2013 because my sister and her family lived out here and uh, wanted to spend some better time with them. Um, I did work at the Cancer Care Institute um, for several of those years and absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, love. Um, taking care of uh, patients with cancer and helping them to fight and <laughs> praying with them and, and helping them to laugh, too. Um, so, um, yeah, so I, and then I went on a crazy adventure to Kibeho, Rwanda, 
Um, if you're familiar with Immaculate, Ilabagiza, or Our Lady of Cubejo, I, I went and I lived in that village for a year. Um, and uh, then I came back home and moved back here to the Black Hills in 2018 and have been working for Home Infusion um, ever since and uh, really enjoy that. Wonderful. So, Stacy, as a child, um, tell us a little bit about what role um, faith played in your life. Did your parents stress religion at all? Um, you know, when I was born, my family, we were Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and so faith was incredibly important. Um, it, it ruled everything we did. Um, and I do remember, even as a little girl, um, that people treated me differently. And I didn't know why at that point. Um, but I knew that people looked at me like I was an outsider uh, sometimes, and I didn't understand that. Because as a child, uh, the world is very black and white. Um, we're all people. Um, as a child, you don't see race or religion or economic status or anything. You're just all people. And so I didn't. I remember feeling like I don't understand why I'm being treated differently, uh, which is a beautiful memory, something to bring forward into my adult life um, to to be able to find common ground with every person, no matter what our differences are. Um, and so, yeah, faith was important, uh, but um, it perhaps wasn't the true faith, as, as we know. <laughs> um, so when you say people treated you differently... Can you describe a little bit about what, what did you experience? What do you remember that caused, made you think people are treating you differently? Sure. I, um, I have two specific memories. Um, one of them, we, were, we must have been in a gas station or a small grocery store. And I just, um, my, my dad was prominent in the community, and we were living in a small town, so I'm sure people knew who we were and knew that we were Jehovah's Witness. Um, and I, I just remember uh, this family looking at me, um, and I could tell, even as a child, uh, you know, it was kind of like they, and they kind of like stepped away, you know, distanced themselves. So they, nothing was said in that particular instance, um, but I just, I, I got the distinct feeling that um, I was different and not in a good way. And I, and I didn't know um, why they would, why they would feel that way. It wasn't until later uh, that I understood. Uh, and then another, the other memory was, uh, we used to roller skate all the time. That was our family outing. We would go roller skating. <laughs> and I was confronted by a little girl at the roller skating rink um, and uh, was told that I was different and that it was bad. Um, and again, I didn't, I didn't understand that because... Um, we're all people, and I was me, and she was her, and why couldn't, you know, we should just automatically love one another and get along just because we are both people. Um, children have a beautiful ability to be accepting and loving of everyone. Um, and so, yeah, th those were, I, yeah, at that age, I just realized that I was, somehow people thought that I was different. And so then, as we kind of journey through your life, um, you know, you began to become indifferent toward God um, and turned to yeah. other kinds of things. Tell us about that. Yeah, so my parents divorced when I was three. Um, and up till then, um, as I said, we uh, faith was a very important part of our lives. Uh, we had family scripture reading. 
Uh, we went to the Jehovah's Witness uh, Church, uh, or I don't really even know what they're called, uh, but to uh, the meetings. And um, when my parents divorced, uh, also as a Jehovah's Witness, I was taught that uh, things like the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus weren't real. Um, and so uh, that they were fairy tales. And so when my parents divorced and that pain of my family breaking, um, my little three-year-old self thought, oh, I get it. Jesus is a fairy tale, too. Um, because if God was real, how could he allow that kind of pain in my life? And, and so I did. I became indifferent. I, I think I became agnostic. So I believed that perhaps there was a higher power, but that I couldn't maybe know him personally. Um, and uh, once my parents divorced, uh, my mom didn't really take us. Uh, religion wasn't super important in our home uh, after that. And so uh, while the other kids were going to CCD class or Sunday school, I was playing out on uh, the playground, swinging on the swings and um, feeling like I had gotten away with something. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're glad you're with us on this Monday morning on <laughs> Real Presence Live. I'm Andy Shaw along with Father Mike Malloy and we're, we're blessed to be joined by Stacy Tomlinson from Rapid City and, and we're hearing about Stacy's journey that began as a Jehovah Witness and uh, at times, Stacy, you said, you know, people wouldn't really say anything but actions speak louder than words and so their actions to you made you feel that something was maybe indifferent and then you went through a period of, of doubting if, if, if there is a God, why would this stuff happen to me? Um, so Stacy, then what is it that drew you, where are you now in your faith journey? Sure. So, um, that was a, after my parents divorced was a, a really long, uh, uh, dry spell, I suppose. Um, God was with me during that time, but I didn't know his name. Um, he gave me, uh, joy, he gave me the gift of joy. And, um, when I was 13, I was diagnosed with a chronic illness, uh, ulcerative colitis. It's a disease of the large intestine, very painful. Um, and uh, it was through my trials with that disease that um, that I started wrestling with who is God um, and who is he to me? Who do I say that Jesus is? Um, but before I got to that point, I, I was interested in the supernatural. And so I did, I, I thought to myself, if I'm going to research God and God. Um, how do I know that Jesus is the right one? I don't, so why don't I do some exploring? And so I did um, buy, a, a, I, I actually stole a book about uh, Wicca, Wiccans, and started reading it. And um, I, I was practicing some of the things that the book said in my room for just a period of a, of a few weeks. And then um, a teacher actually at school gave me another a book to read, and it was called The Beautiful Side of Evil. And it, it, it showed how evil spirits and demons are real. And it scared me. Um, and so I unstole the book, <laughs> returned it to the bookstore, and I decided that if I was going to research other religions, I was going to find out who I say Jesus is. And if he is who he says he is, then it would change everything. And if he wasn't, um, if he was a liar or if he was crazy, um, then I was free at that point then to explore other religions. And so I, I delved into Christianity and had all kinds of conversations with people and ultimately 
um, I came to believe just enough to be baptized when I was 18 years old. Um, I actually was baptized on the day I graduated from high school um, and then went off to college just on fire for God and the scriptures and praise and worship. And um, and then my brother, uh, who was at that point uh, Lutheran, and I was also baptized into the Lutheran Church, um, he was sent on an overseas mission, and God called him uh, as a Protestant to the priesthood. And that was very uh, moving for me to watch and to witness happening in his life. Um, and uh, it was his journey and his call to the priesthood that drew me to the Catholic Church. Um, and ultimately, I then also uh, joined the Catholic Church in 2006. Um, God has been so faithful to me. I, I also uh, was a focused missionary for two years then. Uh, so in 2006, I became Catholic, and then um, I uh, was a focused missionary from 2010 to 2012. I just turned religious life uh, for several years, and um, but um, uh, don't feel the call. I didn't ultimately feel that was the call for me, and so now I am discerning marriage and dating a wonderful Catholic man uh, locally here and um, living out my faith here in Rapid City. Hmm. That's a beautiful story, a, a, a um, wonderful journey. So um, when you think about... When you initially thought about, you know, like the Catholic Church, when your brother uh, decided to go into the seminary, what were the? What, do you remember some of your initial thoughts about what about the Catholic Church is attractive, interesting? What makes me want to know more about this? Sure. So in the beginning, in the very beginning, when he told me that he felt like God was calling him to the Catholic Church, my initial reaction, and it must have been ingrained somehow, because I don't ever remember talking about the Catholic Church being bad or different, um, but Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the Catholic Church is the is the is not the original Church and is uh, the antithesis. You know, the Antichrist or something is in the Catholic Church, and so I had a negative reaction. I I was like, why would you go to that church? Uh, those people are weird. They like bow down to statues and they worship Mary. And they think that piece of bread up there on the altar is actually Jesus. Like, why would God call my brother into this crazy church, right? <laughs> um, how little did I know? Um, and so when, I, when he continued on the journey, and I thought, wow, I better learn more about this Catholic Church uh, if my brother's going to be one of its leaders. And so uh, I started going to RCIA, not to convert, um, but just to learn at my brother's suggestion. Um, if I wanted to learn more, he said, oh, you can go to RCIA. You don't have to join. Uh, just go, and there's free food. They'll feed you. <laughs> so I went, and um, what I learned there absolutely blew my mind. Um, and the thing that took me from just observing and learning to, I want that, was confession. Um, when I found out that uh, there was a way to actually talk to Jesus and to hear him speak back to you, um, the, the sacrament of confession, the, the, uh, the words of absolution um, are the, the priest telling you that you are forgiven um, actually contain the power of the sacrament of reconciliation. And, and it's a, you actually get to hear Jesus say, we're good through the priest that you're confessing to. And I wanted that. Um, so I went to my brother, and I was like, I want to go to confession. And 
And he said, you can. And I'm like, really? As a Lutheran, I can go to confession? And he was like, yeah, anybody can go to confession. Oh, uh, but if you want absolution, oh, yeah, you got to be Catholic <laughs> for that. <laughs> like, dangled the carrot out in front of me, you know? Um, and so uh, so that's what sparked my journey and into the Catholic Church and to becoming Catholic. And um, it has been the most beautiful and just grace-filled. I mean, it's so obvious. My story this morning has been so quick and just totally overview stuff, um, but the grace of God to bring me from where I was as a child to, to the home, to the true faith, um, has been a testament of, of His goodness and His love and His grace for me, and that an evidence that He is real. He knows me, He knows what I need, and He, is, he hears my prayers, He cares about me, um, and if, if I could give any testimony to what he's done in my life it's that he is real um and yeah okay so you talked about the beauty of confession which i i guess i appreciate because that's not probably the first thing i hear most people who convert to the catholic faith <laughs> saying oh I, I can't wait to go there um <laughs> that's that's wonderful but um what are the other what are some of the other dimensions or aspects of the faith that you find uh, attractive and uh, meaningful in your life right now sure um so right now so in general you know the saints are also a beautiful example and a witness um and and a model to follow in our own lives um and in particular right now uh the consecration to saint joseph is beginning again today um, Father uh, Donald Calloway has written a book, and I, I did the consecration that finished on the Solemnity of St. Joseph just on March 19th, and Father Calloway has issued a challenge uh, for those of us who just finished the consecration uh, to do it again um, and to invite our friends and, excuse me, and, and to invite our friends and family to join us. Um, and uh, so we start today. And we'll finish on May 1st, the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and he's asked us to consecrate ourselves and our families to St. Joseph and to particularly pray for an end to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and so St. Joseph is really a big uh, part of my daily life right now. I've never had a deep devotion to him before. I've, I've wanted one, um, but haven't been able to get there. But with Father Calloway's book, wow, um, he has really helped me to know and to love and to increase my devotion to St. Joseph. Mm, yes, I, I just did the consecration, so I understand what you're saying. It's it's a beautiful experience. It really is yeah. to, to, to learn more about who St. Joseph is. Stacy Tomlinson jo- is joining us now uh, on uh, by the phone and, and on Real Presence Live, and I'm Andy Shaw along with Father Michael Malloy. And Stacy, you know, just sitting here listening to your story and, and the early part of your life where the Jehovah's Witnesses really told you, you know, the don't go Catholic, you know, there, there's some weird stuff there. And then you had doubts about some things and you dabbled in, in Wicca and some other things. And really, when you look back now, Stacy, God's been talking to you from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I knew he was present, like I said, when I, but I didn't know his name because he gave me the supernatural gift of joy. When I was sick with my chronic illness, um, it, and I didn't even, I didn't believe, um, but he gave me to know that it was my mission and that it would make me a better person. And, and it did more than that. Actually, my soul was saved through that suffering. Um, it was through that suffering that, that 
spurred me on to, um, to, to look for him, to search and seek for him. And I knocked, and wow, did he answer. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's great. Um, so as you, as we kind of come to the end of this, which um, is kind of sad, but, but then <laughs> all good things, I guess, have to come to an end. Um, hopefully the coronavirus, which isn't so good, would come to an end too. Um, but uh, Stacey, um, what final thoughts or, or reflections would you offer to um, people listening who maybe are searching themselves, people who are struggling in the midst of this particular situation we're in right now, um, people who are looking for a faith, looking for God, what kinds of advice or counsel or um, reflection would you offer to them? Sure. So, yeah, with the pandemic going on, uh, many people are afraid. Um, many people are filled with fear. Um, many people have a lot of anxieties uh, about their own health, uh, the health of their loved ones. Um, and so in this time, if you are feeling any of those things, um, I, my first advice would be to just simply pray. To, to genuinely stop um, and realize that you are always in the presence of God. Uh, there's nowhere that you could go that He's not with you. Uh, the Psalms say if you go to the depths of the earth or to the, to the heights of the heavens, which means outer space, um, still He is there. He, he is everywhere. Um, and He is always accessible and listening to us. And so I, I would just invite you to to pray, to to reach out, to, to search for Him. Yeah, and, and He will answer um, in, in maybe a, a way that you don't expect or anticipate. But if you pray from the depth of your heart, He hears you. He hears genuine and uh, heartfelt prayers, and He answers them, not always immediately. Um, he's not a God of instant gratification. Um but he will answer them, and so I advise you to search for him, to reach out um, to a friend or a, a priest or a, a pastor um, and, and ask for help if you need help, to read the scriptures um, and to um, to read holy books as well, to, to raise your mind and heart to God, to, to lift your eyes to God and off of uh, all of the anxieties and the worries and the 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 painful things that crawl around at your feet that cause us to look away, to look down. Um, keep your eyes fixed on Christ and trust. put your trust in Him. Um, he, he will not fail you. And when you do put your eyes on Christ and you spend that time in prayer, oftentimes you, you hear those answers maybe sooner than you would if you were distracted in a different world. Stacy, now, sure. now you, are you still a practicing nurse? Yes, I am, and big changes are happening at work. Right, and so how do you bring your faith life into that, especially with what's going on around our world? Sure. Um, so uh, it has always been my practice to offer prayer to my patients. Um, and so when I see them, um, if, they're, if, if I have a feeling that they need or desire prayer, I do very often offer. Um, and most of the time, uh, my patients uh, accept that offer and are grateful for it. Um, and, uh, and also, I, I pray and speak about God with my coworkers. Um, you know, in the midst of our daily struggles and, and issues uh, with uh, helping to take care of patients, or right now with not having enough uh, personal protective equipment and, and all the challenges that we are faced with as, as healthcare professionals, um, it is an excellent time to also be um, checking on the welfare of, of the spiritual well-being of my 
coworkers and telling them that I'm praying for them and um, being how, a, a witness of, of, of confidence in God. Also. How is that accepted with them? Uh, everybody at work ha- is always very grateful um, when I tell them that I'm praying for them um, or when I offer, uh, you know, whatever I'm learning from God when I share that. They, everybody's been very ex- uh, accepting and receptive and open. Um, so I feel free to share without being preachy or pushy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's been well received. Yeah, and I think an important part of that is um, is to be conscious of I'm called to share and give. Um, how how people receive or respond to that isn't isn't doesn't matter in a certain sense. I mean, I, you know, my job or my responsibility as a disciple of Jesus to share the good news. How people receive it is between them and God, and to not be discouraged when people don't receive it, but to continue sure. to move on. So. Stacy, it's been great visiting with you. A great story. Wonderful. We appreciate you being with us and taking the time to share your story with us. And we wish you God's blessing and peace and continued joy. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure being on with you guys. Thank you again for inviting me. You bet. Take care, Stacy. Stay healthy. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, that was a, a powerful uh, a powerful uh, testimony, and you know, I've 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 known Stacy back when I was at the cathedral um, before she went to Rwanda, mm-hmm. which would have been another interesting part of this. Story. Thought about that with yeah. Immaculate, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, it was it was just uh, she she is a, a woman of incredible joy, and uh, it's it's kind of amazing to watch that. And you kind of think, is this real? And it is. It's mm-hmm. very real. It's authentic, so. you bet. Yeah. Coming up next, how has the church responded to epidemics throughout history? That's what we'll be diving into when we visit with Dr. Joseph Stewart from the University of Mary. And later, join us as we pray the rosary for all those affected by the coronavirus. It's a beautiful opportunity to unite as a family of faith for our suffering brothers and sisters. Um, All of this um, on Real Presence Radio, plus uh, um, uh, um, some more wonderful things coming up in the the, uh, days to come. So we encourage you to hang in there to stay with us and continue to um, be on, uh, continue to be connected to Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just a minute. (laughs) 